Let me take this time to welcome you to the Arisha Mixtape Volume 1. All right, we're going to be covering various Arishas in this uh, journey, this, this audio sonic journey. This is something that you can rock to, place in front of your shrine, or just vibe out and meditate to. Enjoy it. Doing, Doing it for fun. All right, you can check me out on ArishaReligion.com. Blog Talk Radio, Enlightenment and Transformation every Friday at 6.30. SuduluHouse.com. When you're ready to sign up for those classes and take it to the next level, head over to Udemy.com.
something well with those those with ears to hear heard it but uh something occurred that that you definitely confirmed yeah we don't need this calling number <laughs> we don't need this calling number um sometimes sometimes certain things can be um a waste <laughs> you know so yeah i just want to put that out there so all of you know uh in the coming month next month if you call in and you know um it's, you know you see that there's no show or whatever uh we'll just be on youtube for a little bit and then i'm gonna figure out how i want to do it but like i said the key the key is i want to keep my number i'm all about ownership that's why i still have websites and stuff you know because you know you could get kicked off of all of these different platforms it's somebody else's backyard you know at the end of the day so i'm a strong advocate in redundancy you know every show that i that i've ever done i have copies of uh, in my home, on my home network, on my server. Uh, I also have them in a cloud, two different cloud accounts that I utilize, you know. So if all else fails, everything gets wiped out somehow, I could always just re-upload all the shows, you know. Maybe not have the videos and stuff, but who cares? It's not really about the video, right? So, you know, I, I, I just like to have that that level of redundancy, you know, and uh, whatever it is that we're doing. And also that level of security when you're kind of protecting your own stuff in that sense. But yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that just kind of, I'm and I'm going to announce that pretty much every show to the end of the month. So uh, everyone's aware of what's going on. Well, yeah, peace to you all as well in the chat room. I, I see the good dawning salutations. So, you know, the saying back at you, Ekaro, <laughs> you know, Ekaro Ileanu. So yeah, man. So I think we had a we had a good little. I hope I hope we had a good little eye opener uh, in yesterday's segment. You know, dealing with spiritual authority and just speaking about the positioning and the roles of different people. You know, within a family structure and uh, just from a real basics place, what that looks like. And of course, if you go back and listen to the show that I did on Sun, Moon, and Stars. That'll give you some more, you know, even more information to kind of fill out that picture, you know, of what a family is and what a family does and, you know, how it represents itself in that sense, you know. So there's just a lot of different points where you can kind of get in on. And, you know, most of what we speak about, like I always tell you, Ifa is a family-based system. And yes, a lot of what I speak from is from the sciences of Ifa. So, you know, as a result, pretty much anything you hear me speak about, if you really listen, you're going to learn about one, you know, one thing is going to teach you about another thing. You know, if you listen to me speak about different energies or psychology and stuff, it, the family teachings are all in it. You know, that's the beauty when you're speaking from a nature-based or family-based position. Uh, pretty much everything that you speak about is there's going to be a, a harmonic intertwining of every concept, every, maybe even every word, every term, you know, they're going to be in harmony with one another to really produce one giant unified thought, you know? So you just have to kind of, you have to kind of listen in a little bit, but yeah, I'm gonna make this one a, a quick one, but I was having a conversation with uh, my cousin the other day, uh, two days, was it yesterday, yesterday or day before yesterday. One of them, I don't know. 
But um, we were speaking about another um, close brother of ours who recently uh, had a stroke. Uh, We had two strokes, actually, back to back, you know. um, And, you know, we were just talking about, you know, his condition and and how long, you know, he was saying, yeah, I spoke to him on the phone. He still doesn't sound like himself yet, you know. And I I said, man, it's going to take a couple of years. And I said, he'll probably never sound the same again. He'll probably never move the same again. Not to say that he'll be sick and and eld and, you know, for the rest of his life, but it's a life changing thing, you know, to have one stroke, let alone um, in the way his happened, he had a stroke. And then when he arrived at the hospital, he had another one, you know? So I said, yeah, that's something you go through, man. And, you know, it, it changes you not just physically, but psychologically, you know? So, um, he was saying, because he, he actually, um, is an artist, you know, he's, um, prolific writer, but he used to rhyme back in the days. He was a rapper. He had, he actually was signed, you know, he was signed commercially. He had a a project out and a video and stuff like that and was well known, you know, for a little while, you know, he had his little one hit basically. He, He was one of them, you know, but, um, he transitioned to, into other things, you know, uh, for a while, he was hosting a radio show and some other things. So, you know, he didn't, you know, he's he's just a creative person overall. So as he was talking about it, I guess almost to a degree, I was a little dismissive, you know, in terms of lamenting over his condition. And I was like, hey, he'll be all right. And that's basically all I kept saying. I was like, yo, he'll, he'll be all right. He'll be, he'll be all right. <laughs> you know? And he was like, well, damn, you know, you sound really sure about that. And the thing is, you know, sometimes you, you can tap into the vibration, especially if you know a person. This this is a person who's like a brother to me. I, I know him very, very well. I've known him for, for more years than I can even remember at this point. You know, and, you know, a brother who I fought side by side with. And I always tell people, <laughs> you never really know a person until you fight them or fight with them, fight next to them. You know, and years ago, he and I used to do bodyguard work together. You know, he's and he's a real big brother, man. He's like six, six four, three hundred something pounds. You know, like just like a big Ashanti warrior type. You know, um, so I, I said, Nah, man, I know him, man. I, I've seen him with his back against the wall before. You know, I, I know his spirit. So he'll be he'll be I. Right. He's gonna be I. Right. He's he's probably never going to be the same again, but he'll be all right. <laughs> you know, he, he's going to enjoy his life. He's still going to going to live and and you know live and love and, and and everything. And the thing is, I guess kind of what was in my mind as I was speaking was something that I think crosses my thoughts and my and my thought path a lot. A lot of times when I'm speaking to. Um, other elders in the community and, you know, a lot of times people who have organizations or movements, um, I tend to, uh, I tend to end up in a position a lot of times where I'm advising them. You know, a lot of times they, they seek me out and, you know, we get the bill. Cause sometimes when you have an organizational movement, other times you may, you may undergo certain levels of fear or concern that you can't necessarily relate to your membership. Because you have to always make sure that you're, you know, you're instilling a sense of confidence, you know, and and you and a confidence in what you're all doing. So um, you find those peers or those moments 
or those people who you can kind of just let your locks down in front of them and say, man, I need to talk to you. You know, I don't know if this is working or this or that. So I kind of seem to end up in that position a lot where I kind of serve as advisor to the king, if you will, or queen, even if you will. But um, so there's something that, that comes across my plate a lot that I kind of think about. And it's it's the it's the capacity to move beyond resistance in order to create change. And, you know, as I was speaking to him yesterday, I, I thought about the um, the different formulas, you know, in terms of that. For instance, you have the Gletcher formula. And this is something that um, in business we use a lot when we're trying to establish organizational change. And, you know, you have different formulas, there's different forms, but essentially you would have like, you know, change equals um, dissatisfaction uh, times vision times um, dissatisfaction times vision times uh, knowledge you know, which will, which will be greater than resistance, you see. Um, and it's different ways that formula, you know, you have the Gletcher formula, you have the Dane Miller formula, there's different formulas and it's kind of been improved upon over the years, but that's essentially what it is. You know, um, you have to have a vision. There has to be a level of dissatisfaction, right? Um, and there also has to be a level, a level of, um, of clarity, you know, um, and even a, a, a desire to take the steps that are needed, you know, in order to affect change. So sometimes when you're speaking to a person, especially like when you're doing spiritual work, you can almost tap into into that. And not just spiritual, any type of self-improvement work. I'm sure people who are personal trainers go through this as well. You know, you get a person who says, I want to change. Um, but you can kind of sense that they're not they don't have a clear vision of what that change looks like, you know, because all of those different components of that formula need to be in place. Right. So me speaking to my brother, you know, and I, you know, we were talking on the phone and we were messaging because he's having, you know, he's still having trouble speaking. He's, you know, he speaks real slow and, you know, I, I don't wear him out, but I, but sometimes I call him to make him talk, <laughs> you know, so that way he's, he's exercising certain muscles, but we've been using instant messenger a lot. And, um, you know, I was just telling him, I was like, listen, man, you're creative. You're going to always be creative. We knew that when we were young, you know, like when I used to produce back in the days, like heavily, and even at, at my, my hottest, quote unquote, I used to always say, yo, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Like, there's going to come a time when I can't do hip hop beats anymore. I knew that, you know, and I used to always say that when I was in my, my early 20s. And I would say, there's going to be a time I'm not going to be on the block anymore because I used to spend a lot of time on the concrete, you know, and that allows you to kind of tune into the vibration of what, what moves people who walk on the concrete. But I knew there was going to come a time where I wasn't going to do that anymore. You know, I might go move it to move into the woods or something, you know, but I would always say that, but for the rest of my life, I'm going to do music. I'm just some old jazz musician, you know, but I'm going to always do music because the talent is there. So it's the same thing. Like with him, I said, man, you're talented. You're always going to, to at some point, you know, present some type of lyrical um, complexity to the world. You have a, a talent for that. And he was like, you know, yo, I've been really thinking about writing movies. You know, I've been working. And, and 
ironically, we worked in the movie industry together years ago. You know, a lot of the personal security we worked was different with, were with different, uh, what we call talent, but different actors and actresses and things like that. So, you know, he's no stranger to that world, you know, and he was like, yeah, I've been really thinking about writing movies. And I said, man, you would be great at that, you know, because he's, he's a hilarious person. He's real funny. And he just draws a certain picture, man. He's one of the funniest people I know, you know? um, So he already has the vision of what the change looks like. He's already acknowledged inwardly, okay, maybe I won't be on the radio going forward, you know, like doing a radio show or, you know, he's an older guy. He's not trying to rhyme anymore, but you know, I may not be able to do that or this or that, or may not want to, but um, I can move beyond my resistance because I see something on the other side. I have an actual vision and the dissatisfaction is there as well. That, that aspect of the formula is there because again, you know, um, like when he first caught the stroke, he's, he's down South, but I went to go see him. Like as soon as I found out, I actually slept in the, <laughs> I slept in the hospital parking lot. Like I didn't even time it. Like, you know, let me go and drive down and make it there by the time I just let, I just went, you know, and I uh, just slept in the parking lot until uh, visiting hours and, went in the bathroom and, you know, the little bird bath and then went to go see him, you know? And, um, so, so the thing is, you know, big guy, I was there for the physical therapy and all that. I helped this physical therapist and got a report and everything. And, you know, um, this is an individual who's always been very big and has a very imposing, you know, he's the friendliest person. Well, now let me fix that. He's he's friendly to to those. Once you get to know him, he's the friendliest person. He could be a little standoffish, but you know. But he he either but but he's got the biggest heart out of anyone. I mean, as soon as I walked in, he's crying. Soon as I walked in, you know, as soon as he saw me, he started crying. You know, just just big, just a big giant, gentle giant almost. You know, um, but um. So, you know, I know the level of dissatisfaction that already exists within that formula because I know how physical he's used to being. Oh, he's also a, a ladies' man, too. So I know he, he doesn't want that game to be used up too much, you know. So the dissatisfaction, the dissatisfaction is already present in the formula. So we, we have dissatisfaction. We have division aspect. That's already, you know, that's already clear. And... um. Again, we're looking at, and those you coming in a little later, whatever, we're looking at, we're just talking about, in a basic sense, some of the things that are necessary in order for real change to take place. And um, sometimes some of those things are, are absent. You know, so a lot of times, like even people who get into the spiritual community, sometimes it becomes an escape mechanism because their, their input, or their efforts are not larger than than their circumstances. So they figure, okay, because my efforts are not larger than my circumstances, I can get someone else to do this for me. You know, it's like it's like um it's like going to your kitchen and you go to your kitchen with with a bunch of vegetables and you know, and some fruit and things like that and then you you yell at your stove or you you yell at your Vitamix blender or whatever. And you say, okay, now give me food. 
<laughs> you know, it doesn't really, really work like that. Like you have to put the food into the blender and, and blend it up and make your smoothie or, you know, prepare your whatever, however you prepare your food, cook your food or boil or, or whatever it is that you're doing, but you have to actually put the effort in, you know, and a lot of times with um, spiritual movements or spiritual thinking, people come with that type of ideology. You know, they don't want their efforts to exceed their circumstances, you know, and then when those those measurements of the formula are not present, and usually the measurements of the formula are not present in terms of what I just spoke about, because they're not dissatisfied enough. So they're not able to push to push beyond the resistance of this circumstance, you know, or, or it could be they don't have enough vision of what it could look like on the other side. You know, and it could just be one thing, you know, but just having a vision of what's possible, what they could actually perform, what they could actually do. That's not present, you see. Um, and then they're unwilling to take some of the, the, the steps, you know, that would bring them to that place. You know, some of the tangible steps that would bring them to that place. And so when you add up all of those pieces, right, and those pieces are not, and, and you know, the sum of all of those parts is not greater than the current resistance of the circumstance, then you're unable to produce change in your life. You see, or let me say this, you're unable to produce the desired changes in your life because life is always changing. You're always changing. You're changing right now, but you know, consciously producing your desired changes, it doesn't happen. And that's something that I see all the time, you know, you know, in terms of the work that I do, that's something that um, people come with me all the time, you know, different leaders and, you know, they share information about their, their membership, you know, the organizations and movements or even the congregations, you know, and like, man, I can't get these people up off their behinds. Like this, that, 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 and the third. And I don't always necessarily share that for me because it doesn't come into my mind all the time, to be honest. Um, some of these, some of these, uh, <laughs> some of these formulas and, and little things that I may share with you all just, Come as a result. I I, le I read a lot of books on um, investing in in economics and and organizational structuring and and business because it, the truth is if you can intelligently and superbly run a business, you can intelligently and, and superbly run a nation because they're, they're based upon the same principles. So you may not be able to find as many books or as much literature on nation building. Or empire building. I mean, you could also you could always read history books and things like that. But but to be honest, I'm I'm not a big history buff. I find history pretty boring, actually. <laughs> I know, right? It's such an irresponsible statement from somebody in my position. But you know, and and I mean, I do know history. I do study it, but it, it's not one of my more enjoyed um, subjects. I don't like really. I'm not that interested in what has already been done. You know, uh, even though I do recognize the necessity in learning about it and studying it. But, you know, I study enough to do what I need to do when it comes to history. But um, when it comes to building businesses and, and, and structuring organizations and, and management and things like that, I spend a lot of time there because, again, it translates into so many different areas. If you can run a, a well-oiled business, you can run a well-oiled family. If you can run a well-oiled family, you can run a well-oiled community and their nation and so forth and so on. Um, the same principles that are utilized in business are utilized in so many other areas in our lives, you know? So um, a lot of the formulas and ideas and things, you know, just come from some of uh, 
some of that study from years ago. You know, these are old formulas, but they're they're applicable even to personal change, you know, to the person. Again, you know, um, what I see, for instance, a lot of times in some of the quote-unquote conscious communities is that the level of dissatisfaction isn't high enough. You know, people come in with um, dissatisfaction about certain things. You know, maybe they didn't fit in in the church. Maybe their parents want them to do something that they don't feel like doing. So, they, you know, they may come in looking for excuses to get out of, of you know, sometimes coming into consciousness is just an act of rebellion for certain people. And it's hard to recognize the difference. It's almost like some of the marches and movements of yesteryear of what we call the civil rights era. You know, um, there were certain people who joined those movements, not because they necessarily cared about the rights of indigenous people, but because they were just rebelling against their parents, you know? (laughs) And uh, when they worked that out, they left the movements, left everybody hanging. You know, it's a good, good movie you could check out on that. It's an old school movie, but you know, I like old, old 70s, 60s and 70s flicks, but um, it's called The Final Come Down. Um, it's a pretty good movie with, with Billy D. Williams. You know, you guys probably, I know a lot, I know I got a lot of younger listeners, you probably guys probably don't never heard of Billy D. Williams, but um, Billy D. Williams was like, um, he was, he was the middle point between Sidney Poitier and um, Denzel Washington in terms of the, uh, and then, you know, now it's Idris Elba, but in terms of that, that black uh, sex symbol and, you know, but uh, big, big time actor back in the days, you know, caught 45 commercials and all that. But um, the final come down is a flick you could check out to get to get an understanding of what I'm talking about. Sometimes we misinterpret people's intentions. And that's why you always hear me say things like, you know, um, why are you here? <laughs> why did you join? Forget about all, all the rhetoric and stuff you shouting now that you're in the room. But what made you join this movement to begin with? You know, uh, that'll let you know when it finally comes down, which is, you know, titled the movie, The Final Come Down. That'll let you know what people are going to do in the final come down a lot of times, you know, where their heart is really at. So it's just like I was sharing about um, my good brother. Um, he'll be all right. Because I know, I know his structure. I know his design. I know um, he's not going to be satisfied with not being able to speak a certain way or not being able to move part of his body, half of his body a certain way and, and so forth and so on. Um, he's already shared the vision, the post, you know, the, the, the recovery, post recovery vision, you know, yeah, I want to write movies, you know? So obviously he has to have a certain wherewithal to be able to start um, putting scripts and screenplays together. You know, and then he's got to learn that science. I don't I don't think he even knows how to do that just yet. But I know how, how brilliant he is. I mean, he'll, he'll put it together. He didn't know how to how to be a radio host. And he figured that out in about three days. The first time I heard him on the radio it was like, man, he sounded like a vet. He even had these little these little uh, like um, sound effects and stuff like that. And, you know, just he just have fun with it, you know, so. So, um, you know, essentially, when you're looking at it, um, like I said, there's that formula that needs to be present that some may not know about. And if you know about it, like I said, maybe it might help you, you know, it might help you to kind of put yourself together, you know. And when I say put yourself together, to kind of figure out, you know, 
why is it I'm unable to really affect change? You know, why does it seem that I'm I'm always polarized towards what it is that I don't want? You know, what is it that I'm that I'm missing? And you know, it seems like my circumstances and my resistance are always the largest thing in the room. And you know, I had mentioned something yesterday in Chief Speaks where I was speaking about the umbrella umbrella model. Excuse me. And I was saying that sometimes you get people into your situation who don't want to function within their their proper assignment within that familial model, you know, so the pipes don't fit together. So you replace them. It's like in plumbing, you know, you got a bad pipe, a pipe rust out. If you got old um, galvanized pipes in your house, maybe you got an old house and, you know, you cut out a portion of it, replace it. You know, now, you know, certain districts now they only use PVC piping, so they don't have to worry about that. But, you know, you understand the, the example. You know, or you might have a copper pipe that, you know, you it got too cold and you got some ice in your pipe, your pipe busted, you know, and you might replace that little junction or that piece or whatever. So, but either way, you recognize that the parts can be replaceable. Now, this, this goes to the theory that I share a lot of times when I say, you know, you find family where you find it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be those who were entitled at certain things, you know, from your youth. Well, this is your daddy and this is your mama. This is your brother. This is your auntie. Because they may not really act like that. You know, but as you move through life, you'll find your family. You'll find big brothers and 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 sisters and cousins and mothers and fathers. You know, you they're out there. <laughs> you know, they they're out there. But you know, um, I was sharing a lot of times. Um, even as a man, sometimes you put certain people in position to win. You know, we were speaking about that ideology that you know when we talk about a man providing for a woman, you know, and it's providing opportunities to sustain herself, not necessarily just like curating her and, and just, you know, putting her into a position where, you know, she's going to sit on her behind and let it spread for the rest of her life while you just spoon feed her, you know, unless you're a simp. I mean, you got guys who would do that because they're just so excited to have a woman who's willing to get undressed in front of, front of them. They, they can't help themselves, you know, and I know there's, there's going to be dissatisfaction with that statement. Cause you know, well, my grandfather took care of my grandmother. She didn't work a day. And I'm like, I know there's always them stories, you know, um, and you, you go ahead with that. <laughs> that's cool. You know, if that's your model, then go on, <laughs> you know, utilize that model if that's what you want to use, you know? Uh, so I, I don't, you know, I never, I never speak about what people should or shouldn't do in a relationship. You know, I, I don't think that's a healthy thing to do, you know, you do whatever you feel works, but, um, I'm speaking about what I know for definite works around the world and what fits with the chemistry and the psychology of indigenous people, you know, but, you know, many have become so hybrid. Maybe those things don't apply to you anymore because you're no longer yourself and no longer want to be yourself. But in any event, you know, so Sometimes even in that situation when you're trying to put someone in a position to win and they just don't want to win, they're just too lazy or they don't have enough dissatisfaction with their current circumstance or they have no vision or they're usually because with a woman, she has to accept your vision. It's not about her having the vision, which can be a big point of confusion. You know, a lot of times um, you'll be sharing some information and say, well, I can't I can't see it. Explain more to me. And that's never the answer. You know, there's got to be a, a measure of faith. You got to have faith that I do, that I have a vision and the portion of it that I'm giving you is all that you need to see for right now. Cause any of that would just confuse you, which would slow me up, you know, and ultimately that just comes down to submission. You know, if, if you're a soldier in, a, in an army 
you know, you can't go to a, a superior officer and say, okay, run the whole plan down to me. No, you just get your orders and that's it. And you just trust that within this structure that that superior officer also has orders and he's not, or she's not privy to everything, you know, but there is somebody who's making sure that all of the moving parts are working in the direction that they're supposed to, you know, so sometimes the vision that you may have is just, you know, that level of trust, you know, when you're in a situation where you have to put someone yourself in someone else's hands. Again, I'll use the example of the, of the physical trainer. Like I said earlier, you know, you may have a physical trainer, a personal trainer, or even a life coach that you work with, and they may say certain things to you that you just can't see right now. You know, for instance, um, let's say if you're, if you're uh, 60 pounds overweight, right, and you go to your trainer <laughs> and you say, listen, I'm 60 pounds overweight. I've been, you know, eating or just, you know, my lifestyle has been unhealthy for the past 20 years, let's say 15, 20 years. And, you know, I got a wedding coming up. Let's say right now we're in January. I have a wedding coming up in June. I want to lose 60 pounds. Right. And the trainer may say, well, okay, that's six months from now, you know, um, and it, but the person might be like, but really, I want to lose the weight like in March because I want to start to, you know, fit for my stuff. And, and I want to take a trip trip to Acapulco in March. So I kind of want to lose. So, so it's like, okay, well, you want to take off 20 years of damage in, you know, four months. That might not be the healthiest thing to do. Let's look at it like this. Let's do it in a way so that we know to stay off. If you really look at it, if you could focus on maybe taking off five pounds a month, then by the end of the year, you'd have your 60 pounds off and, you know, your whole lifestyle would be changed in a way where you probably wouldn't gain it again. Not not to mention the fact you would also gain, gain a, a greater measure of health and, and toneness. And, you know, by then we would have completely revolutionized revolutionized the way that you eat. So your whole eating regimen, everything will be different, you know, and the person may not be able to envision that. They may not be able to see like, that's a year. That's a long time from now. I can't. Oh, my God. If I if I wait for a year well, you're not waiting, you're actually working. Yeah. But if I mean, if I just kind of take a whole year to do this, I think I'm just going to kind of relapse. I'm going to fall back. That's why I just need to hurry up and take it off. I just need to hurry. Maybe I can just do a water fast and work out at the same time. Well, then you're probably going to, you know, pass out <laughs> from, from malnutrition. I don't think that's going to work, you know. But ultimately, you may be sharing things, and you as a trainer, you as a coach, you may see what they don't see, you know. Or maybe, they, maybe they're in a position where they, they don't believe that they could take that weight off in a year or whatever because it's been 20 years. And you're like, no, no, listen, you know, you're looking at them, you're assessing them, you're assessing their level of health. You're also looking at their genetics and you're saying, no, you, you know, you just need to, we're just going to do this. We're going to do some of that, some of that, some of that. And you, you'll see, I, I see what your issue is. You just need to do this, that, that, but they can't see it. They lack that measure of vision. So ultimately, ultimately nothing that you do is going to work in a situation like that. Nothing that you're going to do is going to work because one of the key components to change that is necessary for that change is missing. And that's vision, you see. Now, they may be dissatisfied. They may look at themselves every time they get out of the shower and say, I don't like how I look. I don't like how I walk. You know, I don't like how my shoes look when I take them off and I'm putting so much weight on my shoes. 
Um, I can't wear the clothes that I like to wear now because, not, you know, they don't make those type of things in my size. You know, every time I sit down, I'm pulling my shirt, you know, out of my fat rolls or, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the discomfort or the dissatisfaction is, that may all be present. But if those other components of the formula are also not present, then they'll never move beyond their circumstances. They'll never move beyond their resistance. And um, again, even within a familial model, like I said, I see this all the time, all the time, man. Um, like I said, and in my fact, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give a, a little verbal libation and then we're going to, we're going to come back to this, to this subject. All right. So peace to everyone. I see a lot of people just came into the chat room. Um, I'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah. All my people's in the house. Yeah. 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 I might need to lend the air to this one. This is to motivate you. Make you get up off them lazy feet. They got a so Yeah, yeah. All my people's in the house. Yeah, yeah. Y'all might need to lend the air to this one. You know, this is to motivate you. Make you get up off them lazy feet. <laughs> do what you got to do. Work it up. Look to the left, look to the right. Nine times out of ten, you want to see somebody shucking and jiving. Tell them this. Might as well be in blackface with your eyes bugged out. Modern day sambos wearing it thugged out. Fresh out of more rules, got no ethics. All you care about is how hot your set is. You just about as simple as your rhyme. Shake yourself because you shucking and jive all the time. Yo, if I had a dime for every time you sold out, I'd have a fleet of hummers in my pockets with the coke down. Fake handshakes. Misled promises, nobody trusts you, even your own mama is. If you get your style, you slither like a snake, do one sip of great goose, now you're ungrateful. Don't want to make it home, scared you might fall off. That's why you can't sleep at night with your lights all off. You live like a car man, bluffing and conniving. All you know is bullshit, and chucking and jiving. Chucking and jiving and chucking, chucking and jiving and chucking, chucking and jiving, chucking and jiving and chucking and Wanna be no shitless Negro? Put your mind to it, be official. People used to build pyramids once upon a time, and now we in the wilderness, shucking and jiving, shucking and jiving, and shucking, shucking and jiving, and shucking, shucking and jiving, shucking and jiving, and shucking. Let us pray, Lord. Give me the strength to get up out of this bed. And Lord, give me the strength to maintain all of my world's responsibilities. And Lord, give me the understanding to know the importance of being a man and doing what needs to be done. Amen. Talking out your ain't no same old, same old. War stories all bore me, suck like Drano. Crack about your ice like your ice validates you. Hollywood, that's why the streets hate you. See you in the mall, spending dollars and cents. Capping everything like you got no sense. Arrogant, it's apparent you married the thing, yo. Put out a little single and forgot where you 
came from. Don't nobody want you. Nobody loves you. They want your money and they don't think nothing of you. Plastic, like the credit cards that you got. Don't get too hot. You might melt on the spot. Well, song you're not cause your head too big. Can't appreciate though you never held too gay. Fell too quick. Now you're ducking and hiding. Out of day, Sambo, shucking and jive. Shuck and jive. and shuck and shuck. I don't want to be no shitless Negro, but your mind to it be official. People used to build pyramids once upon a time, and now we in the wilderness, shucking and jiving. Shucking and Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and we are back. Okay. So, again, I want to welcome all of you who are coming in fresh and brand new. I see people are still piling in. Uh, we get, we're getting ready to get out of here soon. But, um, you know, we've been speaking about just the 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 formulas and, and the modalities that need to be necessary in order to create uh deliberate and conscious and directed change in our lives and um, the reality of certain things being missing um, creates a reality of zero change, (laughs) you know, uh, when we're trying to make certain moves and make certain things happen. Um, And I just wanted to get a little, just a little sonic tribute, shuck and jive. That was another unfinished joint, but that was actually the the brother I was speaking about earlier who had the double stroke, you know, Uh, we did that like, Man, probably twenty something years ago, that song. Just playing around one day in the studio, and probably put that song together in about thirty minutes. You know, just 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 joking around and stuff like that. Um, and we would, it was a whole different idea we, we had. We were gonna do this whole nerd thing with the chuck and jive, and but we just never finished it. But anyway, um, that was really more tribute to him. But um, things change, you know. And and like I said, when you're looking at that at that formula, um, even within a familial setting, sometimes, uh, especially 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 from from women, um, I get a lot of queries as to how to create some type of effective change in their families. You know, sometimes uh, you have women who come into a certain level of information, and they say, "Well, I'm married to someone, or my my boyfriend, or even my children." you know, are kind of on a different path. And I really would like to nudge them <laughs> towards uh, some higher information, you know, something that makes a little bit more sense. And they're having a lot of trouble figuring out figuring out uh, where to begin or how to even get that done. And yes, absolutely. You can't come as a woman, you can't come at anyone really like a samurai, you know, that's the, the serpentine or the reptilian aspect of femininity. You learn to work angles. You know, um, but coming head on like a samurai is never going to work. You know, so you hear oftentimes where we will advise you that, no, you're not going to tell a man, a real man is not going to, you ain't going to tell him to do anything. He's not going to listen to you like that. Now, yeah, a soft guy, a simp, yeah, you know, he doesn't have any, he doesn't have a spine. So, (laughs) you know, he's not directed. So anything you tell him he's going to do, you know. Oh, you need to go over there. You need to go set up an appointment with Chief and talk to Chief, and he'll do it, you know. Um, but ultimately, that's probably not what you want anyway, you know. But when you learn to work your angles, you know, um, 
which some may call that manipulative or, or, or conniving or whatever, but um, there's a fine line. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, there's a fine line. And just like a man, if you think about it, if you have a man who doesn't come at you direct, who comes at you sideways, I'm sure that's a turn off to you. You know, just who's not direct, just doesn't come out and say what needs to be said. You know, it may scare certain females away. But um, like I said, even when you look at that model, um, if it scares that female away, and now I'm talking to, to the men, if you're direct and you're directed in your actions and you're you're being honest and you're, you're moving with honorability and integrity and you're directly saying what needs to be said and it causes the sister to to recoil or to be repulsed by your directness, then chances are you need to get rid of her, you know, get her out of your life. You know, it's, it's real simple. And I know these, these are not the things that people want to hear so much because sometimes you've, especially you guys, you've been so effeminized by this sick culture, you know, um, where you think, but I love her. I love her. You know, that's her answer. <laughs> that's not your answer. You borrowed that answer from her, you know, so you allow yourself to, or maybe you have no self-respect. So, you know, maybe it's no big deal, but you allow your boundaries to be completely trampled upon and, and you put yourself in a situation where you can't function as you should in your own homestead, in your own household, because I love her, <laughs> you know, um, and the same thing goes for you women, you know, well, but it may be a little different because obviously your dissatisfaction may not be because, you know, you're giving a directive and he's not following. At least I hope that's not it because that's not the way that side of the relationship works. But maybe your dissatisfaction is the fact that he has no direction. You know, he has no game to give you. He has no instruction. He has nothing to provide for you that's actually improving um, your life. Well, before you start making babies and things like that, now's the time to exit stage left, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, you want to look at and see if those components are, are present. A lot of times what I find, especially with women, and that's what originally was talking about, you know, um, some of the problems that you're having with the men, like in terms of, or the males, I should say, because real men don't have these issues. These are male issues. But he's not directed. He doesn't give me any guidance. Anything we ever do is my idea. You know, even coming into consciousness was my idea. You know, all that stuff like that. What I find nine times out of ten is because the, the 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 frequency of dissatisfaction isn't high enough. You got a guy who's um, he pretty much is. It's, it's almost like that old saying the old women used to say: "Why would the man buy the buy the cow when he can get the milk for free?" There's a there's a little bit there's a, a little something to that, you know. Um, now, obviously, we know that that was usually an admonition to get married. You know, don't don't give up the, the cootie cat because save it for marriage because, you know, he won't marry you. But, you know, only a fool marries for sex. You know, only a fool would do that, marry someone because you held out. And I know that's, that's again, advice that's been given to a lot of you sisters, but it's, in that sense, it's, it's not as effective as, as you might think. Or he'll he'll appreciate you more, you know, if you hold out. Well, it's not that he appreciates you more. It's just that you're running game on him. And he doesn't see through the game. Uh, no one really appreciates having games ran on them, you know. But if if the person's a little slow and they don't realize it's a game, 
then yeah, they may fall into certain traps. But this is a trap that you, a lot of your sisters will fall into because a man who will fall for game like that is not a man that you probably want to really be with in the long haul. You know, sometimes the, the sometimes the things that you put yourself in, the situations, um, you know, it's like I said, sometimes we begin to fight for the sake of fighting. You know, and that's the, that's that's one of the the OB positions, which again, like I said, I'm not going to share because for the, for you study students, you should be studying that anyway. You should know which one I'm talking about. But we lose sight of why we're doing this to begin with. You know, so sometimes we get into a situation where um, we meet someone, maybe we're not even that into them, but they start to run certain games, and we feel like, well, you know, maybe I want what I can't have. And then by the time you, you, you get all wrapped up into the nonsense, five, six years later, now you're in a situation you can't stand and you come to someone like me figuring out how you can increase the consciousness of someone who never had any intention on being conscious to begin with. You know, so you're fighting without knowing what you're fighting for. So a lot of times I, I find with the sisters, one of the problems that they have with their mates is that he's just not dissatisfied enough. You know, that portion of the formula, like I said, you got you need dissatisfaction. You need vision uh, and you need a desire uh, to take certain steps or certain steps need to be taken. You know, like I said, you can't just go in front of your blender or your stove with grocery bags and say, make me food, bring me the food. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just doesn't work that way. You got to actually put some steps into it, you know. But I find that a lot of times, like I said, the problems amongst the males, some of you get with or a lot of you get with is that they're not dissatisfied because why? Well, they got their woman already, so they got you, you know, so they have access to, to a woman. Maybe they might have a little corny job somewhere. You know, they got their little job. Maybe you got a couple of children. So, you know, they're focused on um, that aspect of it, maybe some of the base aspects. I got my job. I got my woman. What is she beefing about? This is life. You know, what else do you want? Why do you want more than this? You know, I'm a simple man. I'm, I'm, we're good. We pay our taxes. You know, every year we get to take, you know, two strongs and go on vacation and take pictures and then bring the pictures back to our jobs and show everybody, look at where we went. This is living. This is the life, <laughs> you know. So I, I find a lot of times with the males, it's a, it's a lack of um, it's a lack of, of satisfaction, a lack of dissatisfaction. And with the females on the flip side, a lot of times I find it's a lack of vision. You know, um, that's usually the component that's missing, again, that I find. Now, ultimately, all of those components need to be necessary in order to move re beyond your contextual resistance in order to create change. They all need to be necessary, but sometimes you'll find some are more, more present than others. Of course, you would find dissatisfaction a lot of times is already present with females because they're more in tune to what's immediately going on around them. That's their job. Remember, women are the problem reporters. Men are the problem solvers. So a lot of times the sisters are going to recognize there is a problem. Um, the challenge is a lot of times they lack vision. You know, and when you go long enough without vision, then you start to lack um, that level of confidence in, in anything that you would want to partake in or anything that you would want to do. You know, so even when someone with vision like me talks to you, you get a reading. I say, no, listen, da, 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 da. I don't know, chief. I don't know. Cause I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Cause you've gone so long now without, and it's like, you cannot, you can't picture yourself 
doing anything more or doing anything better, you know? So it becomes a challenge in that particular direction, you know? Um, and again, remember your vision, vision is the light. Where's your light come from? From your man. So if you get with a guy who, and a guy, male, you know, again, I want you to understand, I don't use those words, man and male interchangeably. Men have vision, period. Not, well, some men don't know what to do. Those are not men. All right. Just like I don't throw that word woman around freely. You notice sometimes I'll say woman or I'll say female. There's a difference. All of y'all ain't women. All of y'all ain't men. You know, men and women don't have any of these issues that I'm speaking about right now. This is not their problem, because if you've matured to that point, that means you've conquered these issues. You know, these are issues of, of grown males and of grown females. You see, but if, if you're in a situation with the male and he lacks vision, that means you lack vision because his his vision becomes your vision when you get with him. At least it should. If it doesn't, then you have a dysfunctional family anyway. Like I said the other day or yesterday, when a woman comes into my space, if she starts telling me about her plans and stuff, I'm immediately turned off. Oh, you do this. You do that. Oh, wow. You can help me with this. You got because I'm trying to do check. Get up out of it. Bye. Go. Uh-uh. <laughs> my vision becomes your vision. You're you're absorbing yourself into my civilization. That's how that's how civilization or empires really are built. Dynasties, because the woman absorbs herself into the civilization of heterosexual men. Okay, so and it happens even on a micro level, even when you're dealing with just building families. All right, we're gonna get into this some more tomorrow. All right, uh, going forward, how we move towards change, how we create effective change. All right. So make sure you all tune in tomorrow. We'll be on, be on at 1 p.m., all right, 1 p.m. Eastern. And until such time, this is Chief Yuya signing out. Sadulahouse.com. <laughs>